in this episode of the series entitled The Goat, which means the greatest of all time. Pastor John Mark Caton teaches from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, and talks about how to prepare to be used by God. John Mark offers five steps to help in this preparation. Number one, fortify your faith. Two, purify your heart. Three, dedicate your body. Four, declutter your life. And five, apply what you already know. Now let's prepare with John Mark. Good stuff right there. All right, guys. Hey, I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2, verse uh, 8 to 10. And uh, then we're going to quickly launch off from there. Uh, you know, as we, as we talk and challenge men a lot, I, I was thinking this week that, uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about, guys, we need to let God use us. How many of you have ever heard me say that? Probably a billion times. If you all had $5 for every time I said, man, you know, we need men to step up and be used by God, uh, my guess is we would all be rich in here, right? Uh, but I thought, I began to think, well, if, if we know that our call is to be used by God, and we understand that to be used by, call, by God, I still have to make a choice to allow God to use me, right? Uh, it's one thing for us to know, but it's another thing for us to make a choice. Then I thought the next thing is, well, if I've made the choice that I'm going to be used by God, I know that I want to be used by God and I'm willing to, then I, I thought I would just answer the question biblically, how do I prepare myself? to let God use me. How do I prepare myself to let God use me? If you look in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved. We understand that. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Salvation is a gift from God. It's not by works, verse 9 says, so that no one can boast. And then he says, For we are God's handiwork. Greek word poema. We are God's poem created in Christ Jesus, now notice this, to do good works, which God has prepared for us beforehand. So why did God create us as men? Why did God call us to salvation? God didn't call us to salvation um, uh, simply uh, to after we are saved to let us sit soak and sour. Uh, he didn't save us just to say, man, y'all just hang out there on the earth for a while and then we'll spend eternity together in heaven. Uh, certainly that's part of salvation, but God still has work for us to do here. And so the question for us is, are we willing to say yes to God? But then if I'm willing to say yes to God, how do I prepare myself to be used by God? Because I can tell you all around Cottonwood Creek, we need men to step up. We need men to say, hey, I'm willing to go to the next level. I am, I, we need men that are willing to say, man, God, I'm willing to. Uh, Dave's here today. I'm willing to work in the children's ministry. I'm willing to work in the student ministry. I'm willing to open doors. I'm willing to work in other places and spaces. Man, if you've said yes, that is a great thing. But have you also done what needs to be done to prepare you after salvation to be used by God. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And so kind of here's the question that I want to answer today. Man, if we're going to say yes to be used by God, what should I do to be prepared to be used by God? Once I'm saved, what should I do? And I came up with really five biblical answers for all guys. And so you can just write these down. Here's number one. 
You want to fortify or strengthen or embolden your faith. You want to strengthen your faith. You want to embolden your faith. You want to grow in your faith. I love what Scripture says uh, in First, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Justin will put, uh, put it up. It's, he says, Have nothing to do with godless myths or old wise tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. I love that idea that part of what we can do is we can train ourselves in the faith. We can grow in the faith. Uh, man, every time uh, I hear a message or go to a Bible study or listen to a podcast or sit in worship or sit in a live group, man, I should constantly glean something. I will promise you if you've ever looked around to someone and go, man, how did they come to know that much scripture? I can't tell you in each specific incidence how someone to your left or right or someone you know came to know as much scripture that they did? I can't tell you. And probably for most people, it varies. Somebody maybe may have taken an online seminary class. Someone may have uh, gone to worship and had a, had a good Bible teacher. Maybe they were in a life group. Some people had a great life group. I can't tell you the specifics of how the person who you really look up to because they know a lot of God's Word and they have a strong faith. I can't tell you how they got from A to B, but I can tell you this. It didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by accident. They didn't just stumble into more Bible knowledge. God didn't all of a sudden, apparently just from previous announcement, have a spit vision, all right, and launch a bunch of Bible knowledge into someone's head. If you are sitting in a life group, if you are sitting somewhere, and all of a sudden you're like, that dude just knows God's Word. How many of you know somebody like that? All right, and it's not the pastor, right? You expect, y'all been to seminary, we should know stuff, right? I mean, it's amazing. I walk into, there are people in this church that when I sit down and go have a breakfast with them or a cup of coffee with them, I'm like, dude, this guy knows as much of God's Word as I do. I don't always know how they got from A to B, but I'll tell you this, I always know it didn't happen by accident. Do we understand that? So guys, if you want to embolden your faith, if you want to grow your faith, make a determined decision that I'm going to be a part of what God wants to do in my life. And I said, man, you say, how does it happen? Let me just give you a couple of thoughts. Uh, one, are you on a daily Bible reading plan? We're reading 1 Peter uh, this week as a church. Next week we'll la launch into our daily devotion in the army of God. Are you on some sort of daily Bible reading plan? If you're not on the churches, text the word plan to 77978. Man, just every day take a little of God's word. And here's what happens. You'll see a verse from 1 Peter. You'll see a verse from 1 Peter chapter 2 today. And you'll go, I've heard that before. And then, then the next time somewhere, it might be six months, nine months, whenever it is, you come back and go, I remember that. And then, and then six months from then, you go, I remember. And, and then you all of a sudden go, man, I love it. Where is that verse? You'll hear it ask in life group. You go, I think that's First Peter. And the dude next to you go, it's chapter 2. And you'll go, yeah, it's chapter 2. So guys, if you think, man, if you want to be used by God, it's making a decision to strengthen, fortify, or embolden your faith. It is exactly the same. If you are going to try to get stronger in the gym, no one goes in and decides they're going to, they're going to bench press 450 pounds today. 
If you do, let me watch, okay? And I will have video, right? Because you can make a half a rep, how many of you know? Your spotter will help you get it off the bar and it will go down and crush your chest and here we'll make fun of you. That's what we do because we love you and we love Jesus. We love humor more, right? But here's what we know. You're not going to double your bench press or your squat by accident. You've got to make a choice. So thought number one is dive into God's Word. I love what Proverbs chapter 19, verse 8 says. It says, the one who gets wisdom loves life. How many of you love life? I do. Man, I, I know where I'm going, but I enjoy breathing here. But I love this idea. The one who gets wisdom loves life, and the one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. You want to be used by God? Dive into God's Word. Make a decision daily, either with us or, man, there are so many great Bible plans out there that you can read it to God's Word. What I've been doing a lot because it, it just, that we're dropping this plan when I'm working out. And, and I can just sit there because we're sending you a link. I'm going to Bible Gateway. One click later, I can hear it in my earphones. And man, guys, just know it doesn't happen by accident. You don't strengthen and fortify your faith by accident. So read God's Word. Here's the second thing you know it. Be faithful in worship. Be faithful in worship. Man, and especially when we have different speakers in different places, but not just, man, not just Sunday morning worship. Justin does a great job on Wednesday night. Bo does a great job on Saturday night. And if you can't be there in purpose, person, just look at it online. Just open it up. We live stream all. Why? Because when someone teaches you God's word, you're going to soak it up a little bit. Be faithful in worship somehow. Someone, get in a small group. Man, it's good to be in here. But also get in another group where you can talk about, man, here's what the pastor said. Or, man, I read this the other day. All right? and, and then finally, man, learn to share and defend your faith. Learn to share and defend your faith. And one of the reasons we have Frank Turk like we did Sunday is because, you know, people are afraid these days. And we, we ask the question uh, in each one of the services, how many of you are scared? One of the reasons you're scared to share your faith is you're afraid someone will ask you a question you can't answer. 100% of the hands went up. Aren't we all worried about that? Can, can I just write this, I encourage you, write this down when it comes to sharing your faith. Write these two words, my testimony. Not, don't say pastor's testimony, yours. The one thing no one can question is your experience with God. No one can question. They may doubt it. But you can say, Here, here's what happened to me. I grew up in the church, I fell away, I did this or I did that. Or, I really didn't grow up in church, but all of a sudden this. Or, I was saved for a long time before I really began to apply myself to God. That's your testimony. God is real, God is alive in my life. But we also then want to add some ability to defend our faith. I love what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope, listen to that, that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. 
Man, listen, the best thing you can do when you share your testimony is start with your testimony. Be willing to give a reason for the hope. Man, this is what God has done in my life. But then do it with gentleness and respect. And if someone asks you a question you can't answer, say, dude, that's a great question. Somebody knows the answer to that. Or sometimes, I will tell you this, and I can tell you, as your pastor, right in that office right there, I've counseled with people who ask me such a hard question, why would God allow this to happen in my life? You know what I have to do? I have to look at them and say, you know, I don't know the answer to that. But that's crushing. And I'm sad that you went through it, right? How many of you know it's okay to, to say God knows a little more than us? Just as God said through Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 55, God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my ways declare, are your ways, declares the Lord. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above yours. Man, you look at someone and they share a story of abuse and brokenness, and then they say, why would God allow that to happen? I go, man, I can't tell you. I don't know, I'm just sad. I can tell you what God can do from this point on. He can take those broken spaces and broken places in your life and put you back together. And then you can be a minister of the gospel for someone else who's been, so, been through those same things. So thought number one, if you are willing to say, I'm going to be used by God, how do you prepare yourself? To fortify and strengthen your faith. And it doesn't happen by accident. You've got to make a choice. Here's number two. You've got to be willing to purify your heart. Guys, uh, the truth is, I love what Frank said on Sunday. How many of you remember? He says, what if all of a sudden you woke up, looked in the mirror, and there was a digital readout. How many of you were there? Of every thought that went through your mind was a digital readout where everybody could read every thought in your mind and you couldn't turn it off. How, were you, who all was in there when he said that? And he said, how many of you would have come today? No one, right? Right? Because none of us would want. Can you imagine walking up, and, and maybe they're in here, I don't know, uh, and, or, or someone else you know in a life group, or maybe they're in church. Maybe it's me, right? That what if all of a sudden you're talking to me, and I really just like, man, I love this church. I'm not a big fan of the pastor. Uh, and all of a sudden, I am sitting there talking to you, and I can read that on the digital readout in your head. And you, I can all of a sudden say, you know, well, have you read mine? You're an idiot too, right? <laughs> I mean, here, here's the reality, guys. If we're going to be used by God, we have to acknowledge there's some stuff in my heart that I need to work on. Do we understand that, right? Guys, I will tell you, after all these years as your pastor, there are still times in my life, in my prayer life, where I go, man, that still makes me sinfully angry. It does. And I want to look in my heart and I want to purify my heart because not only do I strengthen myself with God's Word, but I want to examine my heart. I want to say, God, man, work on this space and this area in my heart. I love what, I love what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. He says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter, talking about all the impure things, you can go read it, will be instruments for special purposes made holy, listen to this, useful to the master and prepared to do any good works. Man, are we willing to be made holy? 
Am I willing to purify my heart? And here's as I was just making a note, uh, prepping. You know, God, God uses all kinds of vessels. God uses large ones. God uses small ones. God uses plain ones. God uses ornate ones. God uses expensive ones. Um, God uses cheap ones. And you know what other kind of vessels God uses? Broken ones. Broken one. My, my wife finally, um, towards the end of last year, uh, our house is pretty old, and she, she finally went into this thing. How many of you have had your kitchen cabinets repainted? All right. And so, you know, she kept saying, we need to do it. I'm going to look fine. We need to do it. Look fine. Well, they're out of date. Well, let's hang on. They'll come back into date, right? All of that kind of thing. <laughs> just, just right. It, it'll show back up. And so finally I made the deal, you know, she left teaching, she went in, I said, listen, and I, I, don't, I don't always do this, but I do this more than I'd like to admit, digital readout. Uh, I finally looked at her and said, I'm not paying for it. I said, sell a house and you, do, you can pay for it. And by the way, don't think I'm a jerk. I made some other deals with her that didn't work out well for me. Uh, so she finally did, she had a good year. And, and so she said, we're gonna get it done. I said, great, that's awesome. So one of the things you have to do if you're going to paint your cabinets, you've got to pull stuff out of your cabinets, right? How many of you know? There were so many things in there that I had not seen in years, right? There was Tupperware, there was pots and pans and, and bowls and this and that. They were back in the back, and I, we pulled it all out. And I go, man, we should rewrap this stuff and give it back to ourselves, because we, we haven't seen this in so long, we forgot we had it. What's the point with this? Guys, there are a lot of men that are like those things we found in the back of our cabinets. That you're stuck in the back of the church. You have usefulness. God wants to use you, but you're hiding in the back. You're making sure no one can see you. You're watching. You're, you're in the back. You're watching other pots and pans go out and be used. You're watching other Tupperware dishes be used, but you're not being used. So here's my invitation, guys. Let's all inch to the front and say, pick me, right? God's already picked us for salvation. I'm going to strengthen my life. Now I'm going to purify my heart. But I will tell you this, some of the things that we found is we pulled out some old dishes and there was some old moldy junk in them. How many of you know? means we put it back in there wet and just went back and back and back and we had to clean them out. So some of you just need to be cleaned out. You've been saved, but now you be cleaned out and be used for God's purposes. Look at, um, look at Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Joshua told the people, and so I'm just going to change this. Joshua told the men in his day, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do an amazing thing among you. What was Joshua saying? They're getting ready to cross over the Red Sea into the promise. He says, today, purify your heart. Because tomorrow, God's going to use you. So guys, I want to share that same thought with you. Today, purify your heart. Whatever it is in that heart, whatever struggle that you have in your heart, purify that because God's about to use you. I believe 2022 is going to be the year that some of you guys step up and get used by God in a more powerful and real way in 2022 than you ever have before. 
Some of you, it's going to be because you had a life change. That, that maybe you eased into retirement or that you, that you did this or God changed. Uh, some of you, it's just going to be a heartbeat. Some of you, it's going to be you, you become an empty nester. Some of you, it's going to be because you just change your priorities and your focus. We're going to talk about that here in a second. But the thought, second thought, if I'm really going to be prepared to be used by God, I have to purify my heart. I love what First uh, John chapter 1, verse 9, it's the word confession. He says, if we confess our sins, He is, talking about God, is faithful and just and will forgive us of all of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That word, that word uh, confession is just two Greek words put together, homo legeo. Two Greek words. Homo means same, legeo means words. It means to say the same thing about something, all right? If someone walks in here and they're seven foot tall, we would all collectively say, he's tall, right? We would all say, if someone walks in here and they're three foot tall, we would all say, he's short, right? What are we doing? We're saying the same thing. That word confession simply means that you look in your life and those spaces in your life and you say the same thing that God says about that. That's what confession is. That, that if I've got a problem with my anger, that I say the same thing that God says about my anger. That is a sin that will destroy your relationships and it'll kill your witness. If you've got a problem with lust, you have to say the same thing that God says. That is something that will kill your witness and destroy your relationships. If you've got a problem with an addiction, you need to come to that addiction and say the same thing, confession, that God says about that addiction. If you're into pornography, you got to come to that and you got to say the same thing that God says about that. That's what confession is, right? So guys, don't, don't make confession something that is unattainable or unachievable. It is just looking at those things in your heart, in your life, whether it's greed or anger or bitterness or this or that, and saying the same thing about that issue that God does. And here's the beautiful thing. 1 John 1, 9 says, the moment you and I say the same thing about the same thing that God has already been saying something about, God forgives us of it. How many of you think that's pretty cool, right? Once I line my words and my heart beat up with what God's word says about this space in my life, God says, Great, now we're getting somewhere. And my son paid for that over 2,000 years ago on the cross. That is a great thing. So if you and I are going to be prepared to be used by God, it has to be a choice. We grow in our faith. We purify our hearts. You ready? Number three, we have to learn to sanctify our body. Your body matters. How many of you know? It doesn't matter to me, but it matters to you. How many of you know, right? Because I will tell you this. The more healthy you and I can be, First of all, it's biblical. How many of you know taking care of your body is biblical? But I will tell you, the more healthy you and I can be, the more we can serve God effectively and efficiently, the more energy I'm going to have. So I will tell you this, taking care of your body does matter. We all have genetics. How many of you know that? Some of us have genetics that make us die early. Some of you, you annoy me, you're going to live the age of Methuselah. So, some of you have genetics that, that make you more prone to put on weight. And some of you, uh, Scott Sanford has always driven, driven me nuts. He has a worse diet on our whole staff. And he's still six whatever and skinny. 
And he eats every cookie he sees and every donut he sees and every piece of pie and every piece of cake he sees and he still looks like Scott Sanford. And that just drives me nuts. I just want him someday to walk in the office and swell up. <laughs> I do. See, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, worst, worst diet on the staff. And I'm always, because, you know, my, I've got genetics, you know, my father died of a heart attack. I, we don't make good cholesterol. We got all that. I'm always watching what I eat, watching. But I've always, I always carried this right here. I guarantee you I've worked out more in the last day than Scott Sanford has in the last 10 years. I worked out once, by the way, yesterday. You understand what I'm saying? Some genetics play into it, but here's what I know. God has given me this body. I want to keep it as healthy as I can to be used by God. And if God allows you to live to a space in a place where you can retire or retire early, then you want to have all the energy in the world to love your family, love your grandkids, love your babies, love, all, love your community, and serve your God. And let me tell you what, part of the reason why you want to learn to serve God here is because you don't want to be a rookie servant in heaven. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Hey, the angels are going to show up to you someday, guys. And when they say hey, it's time to serve God, if you don't know what to do, they're going to say, is this your first time ever? And you're going, yeah, I really didn't do much. I was that pot in the back that no one ever used. So part of this is practicing. Maybe we'll get a good job in heaven. I don't know, right? Don't, 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 don't write that down. That's not in the Bible anywhere, okay? But you understand what I'm saying? Part of what we're going to do is we're going to minister and worship God the rest of the year. I guess, I guess at some point we're going to have to take an offering in, in heaven. Some of y'all need some practice at that, right? But purify and sanctify your body. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. He says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? My body who is in you and whom you have received from God. Now listen to this. He says, you're not your own. You were bought with the price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Man, we want to learn to honor God with our bodies. I want to, I want to purify my heart. I want to strengthen my faith, but I also want to sanctify my body. I think if you look in God's Word, and I, just because of time, I won't give you their Bible verses for all these we got to get enough rest. we got to get enough rest. Man, we got to get to sleep. Read, read another article, and it, it's not hard, that we are depriving ourselves of sleep because we're spending so much time on the screen. And looking at Instagram, looking at this, looking at Facebook. Now listen, I want you to know, I, I totally understand. Your, your pastor is not a stick in the mud. We all have to work on the computer. How many of us understand that? But how many of us, in the midst of our eight hours of work, will mow in about four hours of just mind-numbing screen time? And a lot of times, it will absolutely keep us from getting the rest that our body needs. There are biblical scriptures about getting the rest that you need to be rest, rest, rest. Here's the second thing. Eat the right foods. Eat the right foods. As best you can, decide in 2022, what's one or two things that I really need to trim back on? What's one or two things I really need, need to trim back on? Here's the third one. Get some exercise. Man, guys, let's get some exercise. 
get your steps in, get some walk in. Uh, I'm not saying if, you're, if you haven't been running, don't go start running. You'll just end up with a knee replacement. But, but go from where you are to where God wants you to be. And guys, I will tell you as your pastor, I want you healthy, but no one wants you healthier than God. God knows your number of days. Ecclesiastes said there's a time to be born and a time to die. I got an idea. I don't know. I know when I was born. I don't know when I'm going to die. Here's what I want to do. I want to hit the gates of heaven full speed. How many of you understand that? And the way that happens is let's be as healthy as we can. Let's be models and examples for our kids and our families, and let's serve God because we have stayed healthy. I love what it says, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown, and that crown will not last. But we do it, this is God's children, to get a crown that will last forever. So let's be healthy physically. Here's number four. Ready, guys? How do I get ready? Simplify my life. I want to declutter or simplify my life. When we, when we uh, did all of our, our cabinets, one of the things we did is we simplified. We threw a bunch of stuff out that we didn't use, sent it down to Goodwill and gave it away. And then we orderly put things back. And once my wife put it all back, that means I am still trying to figure out where it all is. How many of you understand? And how many times have I've said since we redid this, where are these? And what's her response? I've already told you they're over there, right? That means I have a listening problem. But declutter your life. What is it in your life that keeps you from serving God? Simplify your life. Declutter your life. Man, get rid of those things that don't matter. I love what, uh, what the writer of the book of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's a people of faith, uh, I think, that have gone before us, let us throw off everything that hindered, hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out before us. What is he saying? He's saying, man, don't run around with a bunch of weights. Don't run around with a bunch of clutter in your life. Simplify your life. If you're truly going to be served, used by God, you've got to simplify your life. What's important? My family, my faith, my church, my life, my friends. Those are all big things, guys. But then what's that other junk that does not add value to your life? Declutter. Get rid of it. Simplify your life. Uh, man, if you look in God's Word, I, I think one of the things that Satan loved to do, and I think this is true, some dudes, Satan knows that he can tempt you, and you're always about this close to doing something bad. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There are other guys that, man, you have killed some of the crazy cravings in your life. You have destroyed some of the appetites in your life that leave you about this close from doing something bad. And I will tell you this, if Satan can't tempt you to do something bad, he'll just encourage you to get busy. Do you understand what I'm saying? He'll fill your schedule up with this and that and this and that, and you'll never have time to serve him. And so, guys, simplify your life to make sure the main thing is, in fact, the main thing. We've got too many distractions. I love what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. He said, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. What is he saying? Man, you're going to be distracted. 
Can you imagine in your mind's eye, we're not agrarians, but just imagine the person, the, the dad who sends the son out, you know, with the ox and the plow, and says, hey, I need you to plow that field, and I need those, need those rows to be straight, right? And all of a sudden, the dad walks out, and he sees these rows like that, and what do you know? He says, he, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. No one is fit for the plow, for the kingdom of God, if you look back all the time. I mean, guys, the, your past is your past. It's time to look ahead. It's not always about looking back. It's always looking ahead. Whatever's happened in your marriage, your relationship, your kids, your life, your past, you can't do anything about that. You can't be frozen in fear. We have to get rid of the distractions and focus on going forward. Man, your priorities. What are your priorities in life? Man, if your faith and service to God is not in the top two or three, you need to reprioritize your life. You need to put things back in proper perspective. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. He says, I have, uh, he says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. Man, I, I love that. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is good for us. Not everybody is good for you. Not everything is good for you. You can do anything and everything you want, but not everything is good for you. So make sure you prioritize those things that are right. Here's the next time. Sometimes, guys, in your life, this is the time for you to uh, put your financial house in order. I think there are a lot of, a lot of men, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of folks that uh, would love to slow down a little bit in life and serve God, but they've gotten themselves so far in debt that they can't stop. This would be a great time to put your financial house in order. Guys, we know it, right? Look at our country. Stock market is rocking and rolling. How many of you know that? Fed has had interest rates at a historic low for a long, long time. Our country is in so much debt. We know there's going to come a day, right? Now, I am not a sky-is-falling guy. But I will tell you, our houses need to be in order. We need to have things right. And guys, this might be your year where you put your financial house in order. You say, I'm going to get rid of some of this debt. I'm going to get better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that because I really want to be able to serve God. And here's the fifth idea. I'm going to start today and apply what I already know. It's good to strengthen your faith. It's good to purify your heart. It's good to... Uh, Get your, get your body in gear, get it ready, uh, simplify your life as everything. But most importantly, man, apply what you already know. I'll submit to you, every dude in this room already knows enough to serve God at some level, in some place, somehow. You already do. The question is, are you willing to do it? Here's my last thought, Titus chapter 3, verse 14. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for the urgent needs and not to live unproductive lives. When it comes to your spiritual life, guys, are you living productively or unproductively? My invitation to you as your pastor is let's be the most productive men 
on the face of this planet, Cottonwood Creek. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for these men. And my prayer is that this church is filled with men who diligently and desperately are willing to serve you, God. Let us be productive and not unproductive. God, certainly we want to strengthen our faith. We want to purify our hearts. God, we, we want to get our bodies right. We want to get our priorities right. But God, let us today make a decision to put whatever we know into practice today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. You all have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Men's Bible Study. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. That's cottonwoodcreek.org.